Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And John. Hello. I play Lunadas, elven monk. Sexy. And Shane. That's me playing Alexander, the human bard. And Blake. Hey, I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the eldritch slash wizard dragonborn. And you may have noticed that Anna cannot make it this week, but we will try not to kill her character off. So, the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, you found yourselves on the river trying to make your way down to Kala. Um, you would hired a boat from Woodbine to take you there, but they said as far as they were going was Hedgedale. On your way, I guess it was the second or third night, everybody went to sleep and uh, Alexander had an episode where the dagger took over his will and tried to kill a hunter um, who was sleeping around the camp, uh, the communal campsite uh, where you were. Um, your party was able to subdue him uh, twice. Uh, almost, I guess, killing him because of, uh, Talia, but, uh, you were able to, uh, bring him back she to consciousness. She she was tickling him with her knives. Yeah, tickle you with my daggers that I'm throwing. Um, so you were able to bring him back to consciousness only to have him try to, uh, attack Vicalia. Um, you were able to knock him unconscious again and tie him up the captain of the boat wasn't too happy about what was going on um after some uh, persuasion and some gold he allowed you to uh tie him up and put him on the boat and take you down river to hedgedale when you got there um uh, you found out um there was the festival of night going on in homage to the raven queen um Hedgedale being very superstitious folk with the undead running around the woods. Um, they pay homage to this night um, to the Raven Queen to help protect their ancestors and loved ones from uh, becoming undead. Um, you go to a tavern called the Raven's Blessing and while inside getting some rooms there was a bard that walked into the room and uh, the crowd went nuts. Uh, he introduced himself as uh, Bartleby, the bard, who you recognize from hiring his group Crossbows and Daisies 
to cause a distraction at the Tower of uh, Insight when you snuck in there and tried to uh, steal the Amulet of Dominion. Um, Bartleby proceeds to tell a story that is very relevant to this night and your situation, which is the story of Jarek the Entertainer, who was the bard that originally had the cursed dagger that Alexander is now in possession of. You learn through the tale that Bartleby told that his cousin Darby was very jealous of him as they were out on the road as Barb, uh, Darby wanted to be as famous as Jarek uh, was as far as being a storyteller, a singer, and performer. So he was, let's say, seduced by a raven-haired woman that appeared on the Night of the Raven uh, many, many, many years ago. She had lured him back to a lake inside the Witching Woods. Um, they uh, got down and uh, she brought him back to her cabin so he could realize his destiny. Um, she had told him while reading his fortune in town that he would become very famous and bards would tell his story for decades to come, uh, which was the truth. As she brought him back to the cabin, um, he was intoxicated and she gave him some sort of potion and told him in order for him to realize his destiny that he needed to go and find a firstborn infant child. He goes and gets his baby niece, who had just been born like the month earlier, brings the babe back to her cabin in the woods, where she sacrifices this baby and draws a demon into this ornate dagger um, that Darby later gave to his cousin, along with a silver flute, which Alexander also has. So, after about a year, uh, Jarek goes mad from this demon constantly gibbering at him inside this dagger. And then one fateful day back in the Hedgedale, um, Jarek goes insane, kills his mother and his sister, Darby, his cousin, and himself. You also learn from the tale that his family was very superstitious and buried Jarek in the tomb uh, or the shrine of the Raven Queen in a specially commissioned uh, vault along with the dagger and the flute. Um, if you've been following the stories so far and you guys wouldn't know this, this is mostly, well, I guess um, Alexander and Juliet would know this, that the person who originally had the dagger after that was Amonity the Warlock, who brought both items out of the tomb, but was killed by Sish, and that's where Alexander picked them up. So, at the... Do, how much do the rest of us know about what's in the dagger? Has Alexander told us that it's possessed by a demon and that he's fighting and so on? Uh, how much have you told them, Alexander? I'm pretty sure I've told them basically that there's a demon trying to take over my little brain space. 
I've had a little run-ins with. I'm pretty sure a lot of it came up whenever uh, I kind of accidentally died last time. Yep, that's exactly correct. You ever learn its name? Yes, but I'm bad with names, so I've already forgotten. Or, uh, or non. Or non. So Bartleby finishes up this tale, and you know he grabs another glass of wine and drinks it, and starts into a song. And after a couple of hours, the common room starts to thin out, and he's winding down for the night, and uh, you know starts to begin to say his goodbyes. He's, Thank you, thank you very much, my friends, for joining us this night and hearing our tales. Perhaps you'll see me later on the road, maybe in Lightdale, as it is my next stop. And as I continue my tour south, I should be in Kala by the end of the year. Thank you, thank you very much. As uh, the stragglers left in the room, there's probably you and uh, four other people who at this point are uh, very drunk. You look around and you see a human who's passed out with his head on the table. The innkeeper at this point is going around and sweeping up and picking up some uh, mugs and um, some uh, goblets from the tables. Well, that was an interesting um, story. Explains a bit about uh, our history. At this point, uh, Bartleby, uh, you know, grabs his things and he's coming off the stage and he's coming up to the bar. And uh, he's like, Innkeeper, if you would not mind, another glass for the road and um, my payment. And the innkeeper says, Sure, sure. Well, what, what a night. It was such a great night in crowds and. And y'all, y'all tells they were just incredible. Yeah, th- this one's on the house, and the uh, innkeeper, that woman that you talked to earlier, is going to uh, pour some wine into uh, a pewter mug and hand it to him. And she pulls out a uh, a sack and starts counting out gold and uh, pushes it across the table. Bartleby is going to uh, look over at you and say. My friends, did you enjoy the tales and song tonight? Yes, it was very educational. Wait, you, and he looks over to, uh... Wait, I Juli- said that in French accent. I forgot, I'm disguised. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, looks over to, oh, yeah, uh, Juliet and Alexander, and he says, I'm usually very good with names and faces, and... You look familiar to me, but I can't quite place it. Um, well, maybe my name will uh, remind you. Yorish Redscale, from Dormouth? The Isle of Insight, you were there too, right? Oh, yes! Yes, yes, that that grand concert that we had out in front of the tower that the, <laughs> the, the wizards got all uh, up in a huff about. That was uh, that was uh, that was a great night. <laughs> Everyone seemed to have fun except for uh, the wizards in the town guard. Oh, don't you know it? You're quite a bit away from uh, the Isle. Weren't you a student there? Uh, 
yeah, but they kind of kicked me out, you know, for doing the whole partying thing. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate to hear, but uh, I would say it was worth it. <laughs> what a night. I'll, I won't forget that soon. So, uh, what brings you to uh, Hedgedale? Um, I'm following along with one of my companions who can more easily tell you what our objective is. I am Juliet. a in cheese and wine. I am looking to buy cheese and wine in Kala. Cheese and wine, they're not really exactly known for that down there. They're more mm, fish and exactly. spices. Rarity will make it more valuable. I suppose. But have you had the uh, the wine up in Fairdale? It's, I mean, you're, it's not too far for here, and it's much more excellent. It's the climate, you know. You can't really and grow... You know, uh, everybody has had Fairdale wine. That is That makes it boring. You want new wine. Interesting wine. <laughs> yes, uh, I guess, but, you know, the the warmer climates that are down in Kala, they're not very conducive to uh, to grapes. That is what will make it rare and therefore expensive. As you say, you probably have a much greater head for trade than I, friend dwarf. Yes, I am a dwarf. We are known for these. Yes, you are a dwarf. Hmm, strange. He's a little off-putting, trust me, he's harmless. As you say. And, uh, he goes back to drinking his wine. He takes a swip. So, staying here for tonight in Hedgedale? Staying for the whole festival? I'm afraid this is the only night that I can be here as, uh, I have, uh, engagements elsewhere. Uh, yes, we're here just for the night as well. We're heading towards Kala. Oh, which would you? Yes, explain the wine. Um, so... How did you get out of the Isle of Insight? Did they kick you out too, or did you leave, or...? No, 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 I just explained that I was hired and just a... You know, just a hired hand performing for the evening with the rest of my group and... They are a little bit upset, but there was no big deal getting out. It's not like we were tossed out on our ear. We just had to shut down early that night. Um, it's a shame when I party ins early. Was it much fun? <laughs> oh, I had fun. It was fantastic. You shouldn't have missed it. Oh, my. Um, I, I do... Oh, sorry, go ahead. They are quite the stodgy group up there, but... You know, they didn't kick us off stage or anything in the middle of a song. At least they were cooth enough to you know, wait till, you know, an intermission. Um, I, I do have a, a quick request. Um, would, would you mind signing my spell book? Oh, surely. And uh, are you going to hand me uh, your spell book? Yep. And uh, he says, uh, and who should I make this out to again? I'm sorry. Uh, Yorish. Yorish, and uh, he takes out a uh, a quill and some ink from his uh, travel bag, and uh, he writes something in there and blows on it, and then closes it back up and hands it to you. Oh, thank you so much! You have no idea how happy this makes me. Oh, any, anything for fun. 
<laughs> and former employer who pays well. <laughs> he takes a uh, a long swig of his wine and um, gets the bartender's attention. He says, uh, "Please, just just one more, and then I'll, I'll be out." And she brings over a a, a pewter pitcher and pours some uh, more wine into his uh, mug. So, um, that story you were talking about, would you happen to know anything more about the demon? Or the witch? Oh, the story of Jarek the Entertainer? Yes. Well, I mean, all I know is the, the story that I've told that's been passed down from, you know, year to year to year. I first heard it uh, when I was in Luscane from a bard there. I was much, much younger then, and you, you look at him, and um, Bartleby is a uh, human gentleman who appears to be probably in his early 60s. He has this long gray beard and, and long gray hair, and as uh, he says that, he strokes his beard and says, uh, I don't know much about it other than the, the tale and then some rumors here from townsfolk. Did they powerful demon? Is it something that we should worry about escaping from that tomb? Well, I don't know about that. As far as I know, is the demon was trapped inside the dagger, and apparently his family built a tomb inside there and, and buried him with it, so I don't see the problem unless some <laughs> idiot fool goes into the shrine and takes it. The world suffers from a surfeit of idiot fools. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? But as far as I know, most people don't go to the Shrine of the Raven Queen. I mean, it's it's super spooky. That maybe it is pronounced spooky. I haven't heard that, sir. But as you say, that in the Witching Woods. I mean, that's not a place you want to go wandering around, even on a path. There's tells that there's necromancers up in those woods. How terrifying. Yes, and apparently they murder the victims and bring them back to life as undead. That's why the Raven Queen is so popular around here, I hear. You're saying the people around here are all necromancers? <laughs> no, 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 no. The rumors are there's necromancers in the woods that will murder people traveling through and bring them back as undead. But those are just oh. rumors. I haven't known anyone personally. In that case, I will avoid the woods. Excuse me, sir? In that case, I will avoid the woods. They are not good for your health, it sounds like. Oh, no, no. And there's nothing really in there anyway, except for the shrine. And unless you're a priest of the Raven Queen or you know, holding a funeral for some especially superstitious people who believe that the relatives need extra protection from the Raven Queen. I mean, I can't imagine many people travel through there. But you hear things. Especially if you're a bard. Or listening to a bard. <laughs> <laughs> true enough, true enough. Apparently they've uh, also had some... Well, not recently. You know, many years back, apparently, that some of the children here in town would uh, dare each other to... Uh, to go up in those woods to try to find this witch and they didn't return 
no one ever gave me any names. It's always a cousin of a cousin or a friend of a friend's cousin who was dead to go up there and never came back. So who knows if that's true? Well, but anyone is, going into the woods is going to be powerful enough to trap a demon. She's going to be powerful enough to wipe away the names of memory of names of people from memories. Mm-hmm. Can never trust a witch. True enough. But who would be fool enough to go into the woods looking for witches anyway? In any event, good sir, I must go to my bed. It is important for my health that I get much sleep. <laughs> As you say. And Luna goes upstairs. Well, Jacques goes upstairs because Luna makes it. Because Luna is Jacques. I would have never guessed. I should all be retiring soon as well. <sighs> as he yawns. And uh, it takes a while. It was nice to see you again. Well, you, as, you as well, Yorish. Yorish it was, right? Yes. Well, safe journeys and travels. Uh, and keep up. Please, may I trouble you for just one more glass? And at this point, you see the, uh, the innkeeper's kind of giving him, like, this stink eye. Uh, but she doesn't um, protest too much. She uh, grabs the pitcher and concerns that he might have a problem. Mm, what was that? I'm upstairs. You cannot hear me. <laughs> <laughs> How did he hear you? How'd you see it, then? Yep. I was metagaming. God. Metagaming. Get that stuff out of here. Coo, coo. Says metagaming pigeon. So, uh, you f- folks doing anything else? Uh, Alexander, do you want to ask him any questions since this has everything to do with you? Did we lose him? Yep, looks like it. Oh, is he back? <laughs> we still can't hear you, Shane. No, no, I'm Alexander, human bard. And he may have been trying to ask questions this whole time. And he's. This You're needs to stay in the podcast. This is good radio. It is. And I kind of hate to move on from this scene because it has everything <laughs> to do with him. Uh, the question is, will Shane actually want to ask any questions um, that we haven't like, already so, said? Yes, he will. He'd be like, oh, that's, legit. that's legit. In character. Shane is now muted. Uh, is that now? No. Your circle is still green. He says it's it's his mic that's not picking up. Okay, while we wait for him, let's see. Who's holding those sending coins? Who's I, holding those sending coins? Are I have walkie-talkies. One. Sending stones. And, and oh, oh no, the sending the stones, I don't know. Yeah, right. Juliet has one. So I'm going to send to Juliet. Um, but basically, this is our planning session while we wait for Alexander to come back. Um, that we need to take Alexander out in the woods and have a frank discussion with each other and him and the demon to make sure that little episodes like that don't happen again. Oh, shit. Juliet is now thinking that you want to go out and just whack him. That is a possibility. (laughs) I would rather have the demon on our side. It could be a powerful ally, but if it's going to be... Let's say full of foolishness like the issue with the elf then we can just go ahead and kill him and bury the dagger and walk away I'm happy to do that you know there is another option getting the curse removed yep 
Yeah, but that would be really hard. I'm just thinking we bargain with the demon, offer, you know, to find a way to get it free and, you know, remove the curse and all that good stuff. Can you hear me? While at the same time holding yeah. out hey! the trap that we could kill. Hey, he's back. Basically, so, I'm thinking carrot and stick. You know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I feel like you face no repercussions from any bad decision that comes that way. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable with that. But now you get to ask Bartleby any sort of questions you want. Uh, I'm fine. I think you told us everything we need to know. We just have to go find the witch, right? And just try and uh, quote-unquote coerce her to help us or him. No, we just need to stop you from killing people. Uh, means to an end. if the witch could <laughs> remove the curse, that would be okay. But you honestly think she will? Probably not. She might charm Alexander and make him do even worse stuff. It is what it is. I mean, I don't see another way to get this dagger off of me. A super powerful priest, maybe. Or killing you. Fucking dump it in holy water. It'll be fine. Well, I mean... Let's try that. The options you have here is you, you either die... And your soul goes into the dagger, and that's the end of the Alexander's story. And uh, that might be brought along maybe fairly quickly by the rest of your party, if things go at this rate. Or sating the bloodthirst of this demon possibly more and more frequently. Or finding a very high-level priests that could possibly do it, you don't know, or finding the witch who originally bound this demon to the dagger. Yeah, maybe finding the witch is probably a decent idea. I mean, she's like, what, right next door? Uh, you don't really know. You know that... More or less-ish. Rumors in the story as far as you've heard, says that she's located somewhere in the Witchingwood. You know, and where she was, where the tale originally started from, um, she had came to the town on Raven's Night and was telling fortunes. Idea. Look around the town for a fortune teller. Sure. Isn't it nighttime now? Right in the tits. Um, at this point, it's probably like 12.30, 1 o'clock. And even in this tavern, as packed as it was before when you walked in, um, you and Bartleby and like a passed out drunk guy and the innkeeper and some serving uh, people are the only ones left in here. So you think probably the festivities for the night are probably over. Uh, you can go outside and look. Yeah, I might do. Uh, uh, maybe we should just do like a little precursory glance through the city to see if we can find her. Okay. Uh, did you want to ask Bartleby anything while uh, he's here? Sounds like he's staying here at the inn for the night. Another issue is that we might want to kill him, what with him recognizing Juliet and Alexander. I mean, but he recognizes us by our aliases. Yeah, but your aliases have been connected. Could have been connected with the Who's What's It. 
by the people that don't like us. Alternatively, the disappearance of a well-known bard might raise some questions, and being the last people to see him alive, we would be the first to be suspected. We could just, you know, let him live. Holy crap, Talia advocating for someone to stay alive. I know, right? <laughs> Truly are uh, dark times. Out of character, my husband just felt my forehead to see if I was feeling okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the dagger uh, does need to be fed, just saying. You know, or we can try and find the witch and get the dagger off of me. I like that plan. Let's do that. Fine. Or you could just take Alexander out in the woods and murder him. You know, I that's, mean, that's, that's like their the path, honestly. The easier path, but he's our friend. We don't kill our friends. That's usually. (laughs) Those are bold claims out of character. Is he really? Is he really? All right. He is. So is Alexander going to wander around town looking for a witch? I was going to say I think he's adventuring group proximity associate. All right, so are you leaving the inn and going out into the streets trying to? find someone who is telling fortunes or what are you, what are you doing uh, I'm gonna try and see if there's any uh, fortune reader peddlers on the streets okay so you walk out of the inn and you look around and the streets um, are kind of uh, littered a little bit um, where people have uh, been out here Merry making and not paying too much attention to where the uh, rubbish bins are. Um, you see, they some, have rubbish bins. That's a very forward-thinking village. It is. They're outside of uh, some of the shops. They were probably rain barrels at some point, but people have been uh, just threw their trash in them because people are terrible. Um, you're also going to see urban planning. <laughs> so you also uh, look around and see like some black feathers that are on the ground that apparently have fallen off of some of these children's masks. Uh, you look around and most of the like stands and carts that people had out here selling their wares, um, the carts are gone. There are some stands that are still set up. Um, but you're not really seeing that many people out on the streets. You look to your left and you're going to see a uh, human man and human woman who appear to be pretty deep in their cups stumbling down the street Um, you look to your right and you are going to see one person who apparently was selling wine at a stand who is closing up shop for the night but uh, that's about all you see on the street right now can I start making my way through the uh, is so is the entire festival like located on this one street um it's the it's like the main street through town you haven't really been anywhere else on any of the side streets so you don't really know but it seems like the majority of the people were hanging out here going in shops uh this is where most of the vendors were the street itself the street itself is probably um, less than like an eighth of a mile. Um, the street runs from the dock up through town. Uh, most of the things here on the main strip uh, appear to be shops and a uh, couple of smaller ends. This Raven's Blessing is probably the larger ones here. 
Okay. Can I start looking through some of the uh, the back alleys? Uh, yeah, sure. Great. Uh, so give me a perception check. Sure thing. Crit. 24. All right. So you walk out of the inn, and are you turning left or are you turning right? Uh, let's go left. Okay, so you turn left, and you look down the alley between the Raven's... It's not really an alley, it's a street. Uh, between the Raven's Blessing and what appears to be a butcher shop. And you see down the street um, like some shadows that are playing up against uh, another building that's behind the, the butcher shop. Uh, that one appears to be a uh, like a haberdashery. But there is uh, some uh, light that's coming from somewhere. You can't really tell. But uh, there is some shadows moving behind that. I shall investigate. Okay. Go towards it. Are you just walking up on it or are you uh, snaking? I'm just walking up on it. Okay. So you walk to your left between uh, up the street between the Raven's Blessing and this butcher shop and you pass this other street and this is actually an alley that uh, goes between the haberdashery and the butcher shop and it appears to be a man and a woman um, making out up against the wall of the haberdashery Uh, they appear to be human and in their 20s even though you're not trying to be sneaky they are focused on each other and don't know that you're there I will uh, walk away okay so uh, are you walking on down the street or are you walking back out into the main street I'm gonna keep on going along the street past the haberdashery okay so you walk past that um, you're looking around um, you're not really seeing anybody on the streets um, about three houses down you're going to notice that you're starting to get into kind of a residential area um, the houses here look pretty nice um, you see some candlelight uh, and some shadows moving inside uh, one of the uh, houses to your right this is a uh, very nice two-story house um, you as you walk by you can look inside and it appears to be some sort of party going on inside there as you get closer you can hear some laughter and men and women talking um, but you can see like their silhouettes moving through the what appears to be like a parlor of this room okay uh, you walking on Yeah, I'm just going to keep on trucking. All right. So you pass some more of these houses, and you think this is probably a pretty nice part of Hedgedale. Um, The houses are very nice and well-kept and well-maintained. You're not really seeing anybody out on the streets. Um, You're going to walk probably about another 100 yards or so, and you're going to see a human man who appears to be in his 30s who is uh, well-dressed. He is sitting on the front porch of this house smoking a pipe. And uh, you also know this, that uh, he has a raven mask um, 
on the porch beside him to his right. Uh, appears to pick up a, uh, a tankard of something to take a long swig. And uh, he notices you and gives you a nod. I will nod back. Okay. I'm a member of society, kind of. And then I will keep on going, I guess. Okay, so you walk probably another 100 yards or so, and the uh, the houses are getting more like spread out here, and you are nearing what appears to be the uh, the edge of town and uh, the road kind of uh, doesn't stop but like fades into like a grassy area and the there's some uh, woods here probably another 50 yards beyond but uh, you think you're at the end of this side of town okay um, how long did this take in total probably uh, probably not more than 15 minutes as you're kind of taking your time and you think you're maybe only 150 to 200 yards from uh, where you started at the Raven's Blessing Inn. Okay. I'll start heading the opposite direction to go, pa- go back to like the butchery and pass that. Okay. So uh, you walk by and uh, that same person sitting on the porch smoking the pipe still there and uh, he uh, says, uh, "You lost, stranger. Haven't seen you around here before." Yeah, I'm just looking to see if there's any, uh, any. I didn't have a lot of time to go to the festival during the day, so I'm seeing if there's any like open stalls or side peddlers that I could look at. Yeah, Visit. probably not this uh, time of night. Um, they'll be back. I'd say usually get started around noon got uh two more days to have fun reasonable enough thank you all righty take care you too i'll keep on going i'll just head back into the inn okay so you head back to the inn and at this point it's probably been about 30 minutes since you left and uh, there's nobody out on the street um it's probably Maybe one thirty in the morning, 2 o'clock at this point. I just had to marry Okay. It's kind of hard to tell because uh, there's really no, there's uh, only a sliver of a, uh, the uh, waning moon. It's uh, about to be um, new moon. So uh, you make it back to the end and uh, you pass one alley and you hear this retching and there is a... Uh, a portly man who appears to be like in his 40s um, with a uh, brown beer beard that is retching behind the inn. Just about then, the uh, the wind picks up and the smell hits you. Smells like ale and uh, bile. Okay. I'll leave him be. Alright. So, you make it back to the inn. I will uh, go to my room and attempt to go to sleep. Okay. As uh, you walk in, um, the innkeeper and uh, servers have uh, gone for the night, uh, but Bartleby is uh, still downstairs, and uh, he appears to have uh, taken a bottle of wine behind the counter, and uh, he is sitting at one of the tables with a mug and a bottle in front of him, and uh, 
he sees you walk in and he's kind of nodded off and you see him like jerk away and he says huh hello there must uh, just uh just resting my eyes I will shrug my shoulders and just walk by. Okay. So you make it up to your room and uh, you lie down in bed and fall asleep. It's a dreamless sleep. You don't know how long you've been asleep, but you start hearing whispers from that demon again. And it says, I know what you are planning, right? There's no way you will ever be rid of me. I will be with you until I drive you mad in life and torment you until the end of time along with poor Jerry. Even if you could find her, what could you possibly offer her to free you of me? Good deep dickin'. John... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't think you're the one to uh, decide what she wants or not, so I can try. <laughs> and that's the uh, only thing Ornan says to you. So Cat. everybody uh, wakes up the next morning. At this point is probably 7 a.m. as you were up a little late. There's some people who have already started to filter in to the inn here who appear to be having breakfast. Okay, so are we all downstairs eating? Is that what we're doing, everyone? Sure. I, I'm a consumer of food. So you go downstairs and you, let's say you order your breakfast and you're eating. And uh, at this point, there's probably 15 people inside the inn in groups of like two and three and you know some of them are laughing and, and talking and others appear to be nursing hangovers who aren't too appreciative of the people who are laughing and talking and kind of giving them the side eye uh, those people you can see are uh, already having some breakfast ale hair little, of the dog yep little hair of the dog so we'll uh, say you eat your breakfast. Uh, what do you want to do? We should be going on our way now to leave the town. I mean, but shouldn't we be... I want to look for the witch. Because uh, it's not something we should be discussing in the end, I do not think. I mean, there's nothing wrong about chasing the fairy tale, you know? People might be superstitious. Yes, we are ghost hunters and witch hunters and so on in our spare time, but we should be careful. As you say that, there is a uh, another dwarf that's uh, at another table who hears you talking to the, about this and says, uh, Ghost hunters, you say? Are you talking about something about going up, trying to find out into the woods and find out which? That's no joke, that's friend. Eh, it is what it is. I, I had a second cousin's wife's her nephew. I'm, and he sits there and he's like trying to do the math and he says, "Not exactly sure what that is to me, but anyway, said that uh, he got dad to go into the woods and try to find the witch, 
and deface our house. Never returned. Uh, I would imagine that me and my heavily armed friends here can figure something out here. Aye, aye. Looks like you're well outfitted. I tell you what, though. Those weapons won't do no good against that witch. Why not? Well, for one, she's over 3,000 years old is what I hear. You don't live that long without having some wits about you and some power. That I can't manage and she takes too kindly to visitors. Being out there in the woods all alone by herself and... I mean, just look at the evidence. Anyone who goes up there to try to find her doesn't come back. But we would bring gifts of wine and cheese. Okay. It's only appropriate for a guest. So you want to go up there and try to have tea time party with, with the witch in the woods? That's a recipe for getting yourself killed, my friend. Or for finding a very good story. Uh, if you want to go get lost in the woods, um, doing your cheese and wines thing, you certainly can. But if Alexander wants to go and find the witch, we should look in reasonable, uh, reasonably and, you know, take some firepower along with us. Holy water, um, information, all of that. Now, friends, I know it's all Raven's Night and everything, but don't get lured into, you know, feeling you're going to be heroes by going out and trying to find that witch in the woods. I mean, this is no joke. This isn't just rumors or folklore or myth. There's something out there in that woods, and people don't come back. We appreciate the warning. Um... Yes, thank you very kindly, friend. Nah. Good luck to you. Whatever you do. Stay out of them woods. Alright, so this dwarf's name is Old Man Jenkins. He's trying to scare us off from the gold mine. And it turns out he was the witch all along. Yep. Because of some insurance. <laughs> the real witch was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah. The real treasure is the witch we met along the way. Yeah, it turns out that uh, he's trying to sell part of those woods to uh, loggers. <laughs> he does have kind of a lumberjack smell about him of some fresh chopped wood. And he's wearing plaid. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is to put on women's clothing, hang around in bars? I don't know. You could ask him. So what's our next move going to be? Um, you want to go search for the witch. Um, I would like to go to Kala. We put it to a vote then? I, I think you win in going to search for that witch. Um, Talia, you said you wanted to find the witch as well? I mean, it'll be safer for us all in the long run. Yes, let us go out into the woods. Do a bit of hunting. Okay, um, let's do it. We should probably try and figure out where the witch is before we go out there. I mean, from what we've heard, it doesn't seem like anybody knows. So we're just going to wander into the woods and just hope we stumble upon her? That doesn't seem like a very smart idea. Uh, maybe we can use our... Uh, we could use our omen. You could ask around. Information. You're maybe literally in a fucking tavern. But taverns aren't libraries, come on. <laughs> yeah, you can't read people. Again, if you cut them open, pull out their entrails, and use oromancy. That's that's a little too complicated. Maybe the uh, the high priest knows, or like a priest in the area. Well, Surely. sitting around here talking about it isn't going to let us find it. Let's go. Yeah. 
Anthropomancy. All right, so what are you doing? Uh, let's go to the local, uh, what's it called? Priestiary. Yeah, the priestiary. I like, I like that better than the church or whatever. The, the priestiary. Priestiary. All right, so, uh, you finish up your breakfast and walk out of the inn and you start asking around about temples and it appears that there is a small temple to Palor. There is another temple of Cord, and that there is a small sect of uh, that's kind of like a a temple here to the Raven Queen. Let's go check them out. Let's see. Um, do I see any sign of red talons? Uh, give me a perception check. Fourteen. Um, as you look around town, there's going to be some markings you don't know thieves can't do. I don't. Okay. I do. Okay. So if uh, you're not seeing any markings that you would associate with the red talons, but Talia is going to see some markings um, that are in thieves can, if you point them out to her. I do. And they look. These look like thiefy things. So as you are walking along the street, you are going to see a mark over the um, on one of the posts of the uh, the butcher shop that um, it's not hidden, but it's not like in plain view. But it is a mark for what appears to be a fence. So if you had some stolen goods or something and you were in town, this is the place where you would go to see about selling some of them. Does anyone have anything that has, you know, distinctive markings that might be easily identifiable by someone who found them? Because you could just sell them to this guy. We have a dagger we need to get rid of. You could sell him the dagger. You know, we probably could, but I think he'd probably get mad whenever he disappears. <laughs> you might not even be able to part with it. I don't know. Physically. Uh, yeah. That would make it a very good scam. You know, sell it over and over again. Yeah, I think they'd catch on though, right? Eventually. You don't sell it to the same person over and over again. There are going to be wanted posters eventually of you. <laughs> That's why you disguise yourself. So the other, only other uh, thieves can't you see is a marking over what appears to be like a, uh, a textile shop. Um, that is a marking that's for information. And uh, as far as, like, your impression of that, like, information would mean, like, hey, this is where you go if you're, like, you're looking to make some quick money for things that aren't quite legal. Anyone? Yes, no, maybe so. I mean, it's Talia telling us. Talia telling yeah, the rest of us about this? <laughs> yeah, maybe we can check out No, that. I'm, just, I'm just wandering around and you guys are following me because that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, John would have pointed it out because that's what he got for critting on for rolling a 24 on his perception check. I rolled a 14, not a 24. Yeah, he rolled a 14. Oh, that's uh, Alexander's perception. Okay. Uh, well, I already said it, so we'll say it is. So that's the <laughs> that's the two pieces of Thieves Camp that you see in the town. Is one is for the fence, and then two buildings down is a textile shop that appears to be a place to get information and jobs. Yeah, I mean, maybe if, they, if they have information, we should go check them out. 
Yeah, maybe they know about the witch. I will uh, walk you inside. You can go get information. Okay. So you go to the uh, the textile shop, and uh, as a sign, uh, doesn't have a name of the shop. It's just got what appears to be like a spool of thread and a pair of scissors. Uh, you walk in, and uh, it's not a large shop, um, but from the space inside, which is probably you know like twenty by twenty-five, it's just almost cram-packed full of these spools and and bundles of fabric um you know everything from like linens to silks and you know there's everything from you know like this uh off-white um not quite bleach to you know crimsons and purples and there's kind of a, a smell in here that takes you a, a second to place and then you realize oh that's like mothball um, that apparently they use to, to keep the uh, moths off of uh, the clothing in here. So you kind of have to like squeeze um, in this uh, aisle that leads up to a desk at the back of the shop. And there's probably about a, a two and a half foot space be, uh, between all these bundles of cloth. And at the uh, end of the shop, you're going to see this uh, very skinny not emaciated but uh, doesn't look like uh, he's very healthy uh, human male who is probably in his mid 40s uh, he's got this long greasy black hair and uh, this uh, long mustache that uh, comes down around uh, his uh, chin and then extends down almost into a uh, goatee uh, he's got these uh, sunken eyes and uh, cheeks, and he appears to be writing something in a book and sees you come in, and he's like, Oh, well, hello, friends. How you doing? Is there something I can Nothing help you with? Stereotype. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what's happening? Uh, I look at Tali. I don't, I don't know if uh, these can't necessitate anything. Um, I don't either. Although I am part of a thieves guild. Uh, a side note that I don't say out loud. Um, I say uh, we're looking for information, and something tells me you could help us. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, now, slow down there, little lady. Let's uh, let's uh, come back here. And uh, he uh, motions you like off to uh, this little space that's kind of like carved out on the side that there's a. Uh, there's uh, no bundles and says uh, so uh, I'll take it you're not here to uh, for the, the cloth right? No, no, but it is exquisite. Uh, I know I know, I, I just get the finest that comes in here let uh, yeah, I'll take it you saw the mark outside? I did. Okay, okay well uh, y you gotta know that uh, you know information ain't free so uh i'd like to see the color of your coin before we start talking talia's gonna pull out uh 10 gold coins oh yeah yeah that looks like it do depending on uh on what you want so what you want to know about hey and the rest of these folks are cool right y'all cool? very cool all right everybody just be cool 
and we'll all be cool. So, what you want to know? We're trying we're to see if there's... Oh, excuse me. We're looking for a witch. The <laughs> witch of the woods. And we're hoping that you might have information on her location. <laughs> Come on, you, you're not serious now, are you? It's just, gonna... it's just a kid's tale. Ain't no witch. We have reason to believe that it's not just a children's tale. Uh, do you have information on it or not? <laughs> well, I can tell you what I hear. Deuce, please. And he holds out his hand. Tully's gonna drop the coin in his hand. <clears throat> he still has his hand out as he clears his throat. I... Can I help you with something else? I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure. What, and he what looks at his expect. he he looks at the one coin that you just put in his palm. Oh no, I meant I meant multiple coins. <laughs> okay, so uh, you you put the coins in his hand, and he says, "All right, here's what I do know. So, these stupid townie kids, you know, they used to go up there and play in them woods and say they were going to try to find the witch and." You know, a lot of them never came back, but apparently they all, like, go up to that lake, and there's something about some tale about some stupid little halfling that lived, I don't know, a hundred years ago or so. I, I, I don't exactly know. Anyway, so apparently the tale goes that, you know, there was some halfling went up to the lake and did a little, you know, onka onka with uh, some uh, witchy woman and she took him back up to the cabin and apparently uh, the lake's up there is where you start and then there's some sort of trail that goes out to the west out into the woods and I think that's probably about all I can tell you uh, for five more gold would you be willing to sketch a quick map mm, sure I've been up to the lake Talia pulls out five more gold and a piece of parchment. Okay. So, uh, this uh, man takes the uh, the parchment and he's got a quill. And uh, he starts drawing you a map. And it, it's taking a really long time. But as, like, you're, you're kind of, like, peering over to, to see what he's doing, it's a, it's a really detailed map. And um, apparently he's taking some time with this. You see the town and you see a path of what appears to go out to the northwest and then like the shape of the lake and then, you know, some different paths that leads off to that. And uh, after a while, he says, oh, there you go. I I think that's about the best as I can do. So what you're going to do is you're going to leave out of here to the northwest town and you're going to continue on for probably about an hour till you get up to the Witchen's Wet, which is what they call that lake up there, up in the woods that comes down off the mountains. And then you're going to see four paths that go out into the woods. Which one you want is the one that goes off to the west. Now, I've been up in there, but I haven't traveled very far because, I mean, it's just the woods and there's really nothing to see out there except trees and leaves, and that don't quite interest me. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to take that path up to the west and continue on. I hear, now, now I hear, I haven't been there myself, 
is you're going to continue on for about another two and a half hours. And then from there, what you're going to see is a path that apparently goes back out into the woods. I don't know how far, but how it's marked is there's this big grand old hemlock tree. Been dead for a long time, but it never fell. Now this thing, they say, I know I ain't seen it myself. They say this thing's probably about as about as big around as a horse, and you can't miss it. It's one of the biggest trees out there, and it go it go up about a hundred feet or so. Now what you do is once you pass that, probably about another thirty yards or so. Now I haven't been there myself. This is what I'm told is there's a path that goes out there into the woods probably about another hour or so and it's a now one but that's supposedly it take you up to the witch and that's about as best as I can do for you but I can tell you this I don't think it's exactly true but why tempt fate why exactly you want to go up there anyway I know this ain't none of my business and you don't have to tell me but well you are correct it is none of your business but oh but I like we have our reasons but I like rumors and gossip I may trade in it. Precisely. While you will, why you will learn nothing from us. Thank you for your help, sir. Well, that's and fair enough. Start walking out the door. And you start walking out the door, and he looks at the rest of the party. He's like, "That's a shrewd one. That one got a good hit on her shoulders." Indeed. Good day to you, sir. No, well, bye now. Bye. 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 All right. So we're outside. We have uh, a map is that correct and we are going out into the woods great so you make it back out of the street and you're probably in here probably maybe 30 minutes from the the time that you first started speaking to the man didn't catch his name because you didn't ask (laughs) and uh which is probably for the best and um the time that he took to draw the map which probably took the most time um, as you walk outside, it is probably mid-morning at this point after finishing breakfast and uh, coming into the, uh, the shop. There is a lot more people out on the street now. Um, vendors are starting to set up uh, their shops um, with uh, various casks of L that you see being set up and butts of wine. There's also what appears to be some people selling some meat pies and some candies and um, some pastries kids are back out on the street chasing each other around and the town is uh, is picking up with its uh, liveliness is there uh, anything else you would like to do maybe do some shopping or look around before you head to the woods I'm good I need to go shopping um... same yeah, Talia, what are you looking for? Things. Uh-huh. So I think you're not going to go shopping with me. Oh, no, I'll go shopping with you. I just don't know what I'm looking for yet. Oh, I just have a shit ton okay. of money, and I need to spend it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Abbott? Uh, Abbott, yeah, probably in the stables with the horses. Buy him an adorable <laughs> little sailor outfit. Uh, as much as I would love that. All right, so uh, Talia's window shopping. Is there anything specific you're looking for, uh, Juliet? Yes. Um, they're selling these uh, Raven Queen masks. They cover the whole face, right? 
Uh, yeah, so it is, it, it's basically almost like a, a reverse hood um, that you, you, it looks like it's, it, there's some sort of rigid part to it uh, that you know of because that's the only way that you could extend a, a beak. And most of the masks that you've seen, they have like this long beak that extends out probably about like 18 inches. And then there's like this hood that goes around the, the back of the head and uh, almost like uh, uh, it goes past your neck. And they look to be like some sort of black cloth, but there's feathers um, sewn into this somehow to make it kind of look like a bird's mask. And there's eye holes that are cut out. Perfect. I would like to get one of those sized for Juliet. Um, I will also buy one for Vicala um, because she's going to need it and I know she's going to insist she doesn't but that's not true <laughs> okay um, so you Talia's going to grab one as well because uh, it's adorable and she loves it okay so and then she'll um, pull her hood up so she'll have bat ears and a bird's face <laughs> <laughs> so you find like three stands and you're browsing around and you got the money to spend so you find the stand that has you know the the best looking masks and uh these look like really really nice it's like the 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 beak is made out of um like um kind of like this lightweight wood that's been painted black and there's this like a uh, black velvet uh cloth uh cloth that makes up the hood and there's like these really nice uh, black uh, raven feathers that have kind of like this uh, that oily sheen that almost makes them look like a purplish oil slick and uh, around the eyes uh, you see where it's the, those have even been like uh, sewn uh, to make them very smooth you pick it up and it, you try it on and it, it's a lot heavier than you thought it would be um, and it's a little like front heavy from the uh, beak of the mask but you could pick one, each one of these up for uh, one gold. Cool. So Julia is going to buy one for herself and Vicala. Uh, you also notice that uh, not only do they sell the masks, but they have like these uh, black robes that they're selling as part of like a costume that look very nice too. And they have like this cloak that is made of uh, like the same black material as the hood that has uh, these raven feathers like um, sewn into it as well. It's not like thick with them, but it's like they're spaced out because, I mean, how many raven feathers are you going to find? <laughs> but uh, you could pick one of those up too um, in various sizes that you could have probably tailored right here on the spot um, for another two gold pieces. Julia is going to buy the rest of the costume. Kala can buy her own. <laughs> Talia is gonna buy a smaller version of the costume. Okay, uh, they've got like kid sizes and tweens, so you're able to pick one of those up. Does Talia see anything, um, uh, like magical or something that would be cool that she would think is cool? Uh, at this table, no. It's just they're just selling masks and the uh, the robes and cloak. She should buy some ninja stars. Yeah, that's over there beside the uh, ninja swords and the Confederate flags and, and the, the camo hats, and also the uh, the short daggers that have a 
a paragraph of cool text on it. Yeah, they also uh, got... mess with their family, you'll mess with them. Yeah, yeah. They also got, like, a uh, black velvet painting over there. It's got a, uh, a tiger on it. Very fantasy flea market. Um, so... You got your costumes, and anybody else want them, or what else are you doing? I think I'm fine. Uh, I'm not in need of really anything. Tolly wants to browse the rest of the stalls to see if there's uh, anything interesting that catches her eye. Um, You browse the rest of the stalls, and, I mean, there's all sorts of odds and ends here. Um, There's one, apparently, that is geared towards kids, and it's got, like, some, some wooden... Um, like practice swords and daggers um, they have like a, a like a thin wooden shield that w- looks like it's used for play a wooden sword once you level it up it's going to be the most lethal weapon in the game it's my wood saber um, you're also going to find like other odds and ends there's people here selling pies and ale um, pastries um, you see somebody is totally going to pick up some pastries Okay, so you could pick up, you know, some uh, apples that are in season here. You pick up, like, a, an apple pastry for, like, a silver piece. It's really good. I don't know how to calculate that. <laughs> it's a tenth of a gold piece. Um, you're also going to find a stall here that is selling holy symbols of the Raven Queen. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll pick up a holy symbol of the Raven Queen. Okay. That's blasphemy. I don't have a god. How is that blasphemy? The Raven Queen is watching. I mean, I don't do that sort of thing. Uh, give me a... <laughs> give me a religion check. Who, me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not really religioning anything, but 22, sure. Um, from what you've heard of the Raven Queen, she she doesn't care. I mean, she's basically... Oh, the gods there. always care. <laughs> well, maybe about her followers, uh, you know, some the like the the, the priests and the clerics, um, but she's based. She's mainly there just to transition people from life to death. Fair enough. So you're able to find that. You also, you know, there's people out there who are like trying to give out pamphlets. They appear to be like followers of Paylor trying to get people to <laughs> you know turn away from you know the superstition and you know not worshiping the the raven queen but oh, nobody's really painting the, the holy how symbol much was the yeah uh that's three silver pieces it appears to be made out of uh iron it, it's it's fairly well made if if a little crude but it's like a it's a, a dark like uh, scorched iron uh, made to look black um, but the the paler people are are out here and they're you know proselytizing and telling people to turn around or turn away from the the Raven Queen and they're kind of just being looked at like hey the you know the the assholes on the side of the street you know with their signs and yelling at people but there's only like two of them and nobody's paying any attention. Uh, let us be on our way into the woods. Are we going to drag a wagon into the woods? I do not see why not. We have still anything. have the opportunity to leave it behind forever. How dare you? Oh my Never God. have to worry about it again. Where am I supposed to nap when I don't feel like writing anymore? Exactly. It is Talia's house. And it is where Abbott sleeps under at night. You know, that wagon's going to be the downfall of us. It will be our salvation, you mean. What's going to happen is you're going to be like down in a, a valley and it's going to roll off a cliff and crush you all. 
Yeah. How else were we supposed to carry all our wine and cheese? Into the wine campaign. Wine we don't have yet. It also right. carries our supplies, our dried fish and such. All right. So uh, are you leaving town or is there anything else you want to do? Nope. I think we're leaving town. Okay. So at this point, it is after you've you, you've done your shopping and your, your sightseeing and talk, talking to the map guy, it's uh, about one in the afternoon. This being later towards fall, the sun's getting uh, a little lower in the sky. Um, so you head out of the town to the northwest, and as you make it through town, you see all the shops, and from end to end, the town's probably about a quarter mile. After you make it from the, the outskirts of town where the, the road becomes um, uh, a little more rutted, through this uh, grass that's going to lead out to this opening into the woods. The tree line's probably about 100 yards away from the town. Um, you're going to see as you walk through here, there's some um, pens um, for some cattle and some chickens and pigs. There appears to also be like a warehouse on the, the back side here and stables. So you make it out, you make it to the, the tree line and the opening here and in the, uh, in the path that runs through here is probably a good 20 feet wide, so there's no issue at all. But as you make it into the woods, you're going to see that fall is in full effect here. So uh, the leaves have started to change. You see some yellows and some reds, um, still a little bit of green in some places and uh, brown in others. Leaves have started to fall off the ground, and you see like a thin carpet here off the path. And um, there's uh, some more out here on the uh, the road going into the woods. So after about an hour on this path, you are going to come to a clearing. You can hear some water running. You look over to your right, and you're going to see this... Uh, they call it a lake, but it's probably more like a very large pond. You're going to see one or two kids that are out here playing uh, with uh, their parents. There's probably maybe two or three families out here that's doing some sort of picnic out here by the lake. So you don't think this is too ominous that they're out here, you know, just having a mid-afternoon play at the lake. Are you continuing on to try to find this uh, path that leads off to the uh, west? Indeed. We shall find the west path. All right. So you continue on uh, on this path past the lake, and you can see now that there is like a, a path that goes like around the lake and goes off to the, uh, the east, and there's another one that kind of goes to the southeast and another one that goes directly north, and then you see the one where you think you need to go and according to the map and it's off to the west so you make your way towards that path and uh give me a perception check eight mm-hmm. 18 passive of 14 i've got child no, passive of 16 i don't think passive matters whenever you make an active check well i mean passive would work on this too um but passive of 10 but the, uh, the pet, your all's passive would probably be lower than what you would need to see this. So um, as you're going down the path, you know, you're looking around and, you know, you 
happen to look back and you're seeing like these uh, three families that were out here playing by the lake, they're all like staring at you at this point, which you think's kind of weird. But uh, you continue it's because on because we are so beautiful. I think Pro- maybe, or it could be because you are <laughs> taking this path that nobody takes, that they kind of know what's out that way. So. You take the path to the west here, and um, first of all, the it, it's a lot more narrow. It's probably about seven to eight feet on either side, and it kind of undulates from being wider uh, out to ten feet. But the uh, the grass and the brush has grown up here because it's not well traveled. Uh, it's just there's a mainly a path here because the the there's the woods or the trees aren't so close together uh, as you pass through here you are going to hear the uh, sounds of your horse's hooves uh, and the cart on the leaves crunching through here you also get the smell of uh, you know decay but not unpleasant it's that smell of the uh, leaves that have fallen off the trees and intermingled with like the uh, the mud here that you're traveling over top of um, where it's rained recently you're hearing some birds chirping and some squirrels chattering as you move through here and you're going to travel for probably about three hours and it's much the same and at this point uh, it's starting to get dusk the sun has gone down uh, over the mountains here in the dist- uh, mountains here in the distance. Um, so you're still getting some of this this ambient light that's coming back from behind that and filtering through the the trees, making these dappled patterns on the fallen leaves on the ground, and starting to get darker. And you're going to travel on for maybe another. 30 minutes or so and even though it's starting to get like that purple hue um, in the sky you can see this large looming hemlock tree that almost has like this grayish white bark on the outside of it that looks like it, it died like a decade ago and there's no reason why it should be standing up but it still is as you come upon it, you're going to see a hollowed-out po- uh, place in the trunk, and this thing's huge. It's probably a good, like, eight feet in diameter, and there's this hollowed-out place in the, the middle of it that takes up, like, most of uh, the tree. Um, you don't have any doubt this is the tree that uh, the guy back at the uh, textile shop was talking about. So you continue on for about 50 yards and you are going to see a path that turns off the uh, main path here to the left and goes further back in the woods. And at this point, it's getting darker and you can't see very far back up in there. But one change that you've noticed and this just came to you as you were coming through here is, you know, before as you were going down the path, you know, there were still some leaves on the trees and, and blocking some of the light. But as you look around here, 
it seems like most everything is the leaves are off the trees but as you take a closer look it's not because of fall it looks like these trees are dead so this is fine are you turning down this path i say yes sure all right so you turn down this path and um it's it's going to be kind of hard to get the cart through here because everything has like grown up and there's a bunch of brush on either side of like this small that you know you would think it would be like a uh, you know like a deer path or something like that um, you can probably get the cart through but you're going to be making a lot of noise as the uh, cart brushes up against all these uh, the brushes and or the the brush and brambles through here so you continue on down this path and if you thought that the the trees behind you were dead before um, it's very obvious here that these trees that were once oaks and maples uh, in even the evergreens uh, appear to be dead there's uh, no leaves on the trees, no needles on the pines. As you look around, it seems like the only thing that is living here is uh, the brambles and, and pinchy and, and pointy uh, bushes, all the, the stuff that's nasty. Uh, you look around at the, the, the floor of the forest here, and there looks like there's been some leaves that have blown in, but the the ground seems to be like this dead grass that just never went away. It's probably about like a, a foot tall um, to where it has been like blown over and pushed over, but it just never decayed and went away. So after you travel about 45 minutes down this uh, this path you're going to see up ahead um, what appears to be a clearing and really the only reason that you can tell that it's a clearing at this point is there is a little bit of light uh, coming from this clearing as um, the sun is now fully down there is a, a still a little bit of glow on the horizon that's quickly fading and there's no moon. Spooky. So are should you we can stop for the night or should we keep on going? My vote is to stop for the night. At I a, guess we should uh, stop here. At uh, this point, at this point, you are probably about a hundred feet from this clearing and this glow. Everybody give me a perception check except for John. Or, except for or me. Or Linnados. Okay. Yeah. Double 14s. 18. Seven. All right. So, Juliet and Alunidas, um, you are going to hear this moving is the best way to describe it. It sounds like if you had 100 people that are kind of just like walking around but not saying anything in like various places spread out through the woods here is 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 kind of what you're hearing you hear like footsteps and some movement you don't see anything but you hear it and it seems to be coming from the clearing up ahead 
Sounds like a very dull party up ahead. So not people something... just sort of walking, not saying anything. Maybe stopping isn't the best idea. Or if yeah, she let's go up to the out. clearing, see what's going on. Yeah. Nothing bad can come from this. It'll so, so are you all just walking up to the clearing? Absolutely. We are stealthing up. Yeah, Unless you, stealthy. if you guys want to walk up, you you can. But Juliet is going to try and stealth. This will Talia will take Juliet's lead and actually stealth. I will try to stealth as well. I will wait for them to see what happens. I'm watching from a distance is what I mean. Coward. So that is a four for Alexander. Twenty for a Talia. Twenty for Talia. And a one for Juliet. Nice, nice, nice. If you wanted to go stealthy, you should have just let Talia go. Uh we're not letting Talia just go alone. So <laughs> the the four of you start walking up and uh Luno you're behind and you're just like cringing because you can hear Juliet making Snap, crackle pop. Yeah, that and like the plates of uh her uh plate armor are like kind of banging together as uh, Alexander is like stepping on dead twigs which is is easy to do because most of the stuff here is dead like it all the vegetation just decided that it didn't want to live here you feel like there's like this death that's just creeping out from this epicenter of whatever is up ahead in this clearing but the uh, the four of you walk up to the uh, this clearing here and uh, as you get closer, you're probably about 30 feet away from where the, the trees stop and the path opens up. Inside or this clearing here from the, the glow coming from inside of what you now see is like this two-story wooden house is just these silhouettes of shapes here in the, uh, the darkness. And you look around and there must be dozens of them. You don't see them as much as you smell them. As there is this smell of decay of, of flesh that's got to be months, you know, if not, you know, years of sitting out here in the sun here. Probably maybe even the newer preserved a little bit by the uh, the coldness or, or the chill that's been in the air of these nights recently but it just the the smell of death coming from inside of this clearing is uh is it, not overwhelming but you feel the the urge to like gag a little bit i'm gonna go ahead and run my horse into the clearing or wagon okay I mean, I know you guys didn't sneak in, so I'm not even going to try. Hey, I snuck in. You did. So whatever is going on in here is not aware of you. Well, there's no I in team here, Talia. But there is a me. Here comes, uh, as you're like sneaking up to the the edge of this clearing and kind of like getting behind the trees, here comes Lunados just bouncing this carp down this trail, hitting all the sticks and, and bushes and and brambles that are sticking out on the side and you just see him go past and then into the clearing and uh as you uh get into the clearing do you have uh you've got dark vision right luna i'm an elf okay so the first thing that gets you is uh 
is the, the all these shapes right as you're getting closer to it and you're like wow that's that's like a, a lot of people that are like hanging out in this yard and then the the smell hits you of this decay and as you get closer you look around and it's just this mass of of young men in various states of decay that are we're kind of shambling around this cabin but as soon as you enter into the clearing they all stop and they turn around and look at you and I think that's probably a pretty good place to end the episode huzzah people are paying attention to me very friends. all right um, so you are in the, uh, the witching woods and presumably at this, uh, witch's abode, um, that is About filled with a horde of ghouls and zombies. Yeah. It's dozens and dozens and dozens of, uh, zombies and skeletons from what you see entering this clearing. It'd probably be nice if we had a paladin or something. What do you know? Well, paladins don't have turn undead, so. Yep. Oh, clear. They used to back in like what second edition, third edition. Mm-hmm. Not no more. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that is the the first part of uh, the tale of the uh, the witch in the woods. Thanks everybody for uh, for coming out and playing. This is uh, <laughs> this next episode is going to be fun, maybe. For me, at least. <laughs> but uh, thank you all so much. that TPK you've been hoping for. Oh, yeah. So thank you all so much for joining us on Twitch on the live stream. And we hope to see you next Sunday to f- maybe finish out the rest of uh, the tale of the Witch in the Witching Woods. This will be fine. Yep. It'll be fine. It's fine. This It'll is be fine. fine. See you around. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Have you been injured in a fight between a group of adventurers and town thugs? I'm Hamish the Hammer, and I can get you the gold you deserve. I was minding my own business when a fight spilled onto the streets. The next thing I know, an arrow hits me in the leg. I'm a stable hand and I need my legs. They had to cut it off when the rods set in. That's a day I won't forget, that's for sure. The hammer got me the gold to get me a peg leg, in compensation for my time away from work. Thank you, Hamish. It's a story you hear every day. A man gets caught up in a fight that isn't his. Going to the town guard or petitioning the leader of your village takes too long when you need gold now. My professional team of negotiators gets to the root of the problem and persuades them to do the right thing. I don't get paid unless you do. Send a raven with a message about your problem to Luskane, care of Hamish the Hammer, for a free consultation. The 
you heard on this episode was Folk Round, Teller of the Tales, Lost Time, Thatched Villagers, Crowdhammer, Private Reflection, and Ghost Story by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.